Hey everyone, it's the Kung Fu Genius, AKA Alex Richter. And I just wanna let you know that if you're a Wing Chun practitioner, especially from the WT or Learning line, and you wanna get really personalized, intensive private training with me, you can now apply to do an immersion course with me here in NYC, or if you like the sun, in my Florida home near Orlando. These courses are for instructors or anyone who's serious about learning the art in detail and working hard. I teach in program blocks like Siunam Tao, Chamkyu, Byuji, and Wooden Dummy. And those include the Chi Sao Theory, fighting applications and training methods as well. If you're really serious about learning Wing Chun, check out the link in the description below to find out about applying for a spot. And while you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius on YouTube, like this video and share it on your social media platforms. And with that, let's get started. All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube. Lots of gems, lots of fighting beardy in NYC, and lots of, hey, KFG, you need to get off of your Bruce Lee hang-up and do what I say. Let's get to it. He is unstoppable, unbeatable, unbelievable. He's Alex Richter, the Kung Fu genius. And every day, I practice martial arts. Yo, Dre, man, how you doing? I'm smooth, Sifu. How smooth are you today? Oh, man, like butter. So this is another one of our infamous Saturday morning episodes. This so is the thing now. It's kind this of becoming a new thing. thing. We usually record on Mondays. Afternoon. We, yeah, we record Mondays afternoon, usually 1, 2 p.m. in the afternoon on Mondays. And then uh, 5 p.m. that same day, we have the premiere of like the, the next episode. So like Monday is a big KFG day for us. It's a yeah. day we record and a day we take part in the premiere. Mm -hmm. And now because of schedules and stuff, we are we sometimes still record on Mondays. But now we're also recording Saturday morning super early. So if anyone notices like the energy is different in these podcasts, yeah. it's, it's just some Saturday morning energy. Don't blame us. On. Blame Saturday morning. Blame Saturday morning. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. Uh, Speaking of Saturday mornings, uh -huh. uh, have that you heard that? Great segue, by the way. Saturday afternoon Kung Fu Theater. Oh, the new RZA. Shit is fire. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know I how think I, you have heard it. I have heard you, it because I'm, I'm the one who played you, it for you. You put me on to yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, our um, Patreon supporter and longtime fan, uh, Topher Maori, yeah. uh, that other he Wing Chun guy. Yeah, he, he played it for me when I was in Florida a couple of weeks back, and, and he told me, yeah, this is the new RZA joint, and uh, ah. and I listened to it a little bit in his car, and then when I got home, I put it on my Spotify. It's it's awesome. It just wow. br brings you back to those days. Sofa like keeps his ear to the streets. Yeah, he keeps his ear to the streets. Well, when you look at him, you can you can you definitely can tell. tell. Yeah. There's a dude who keeps his ear to the you streets. Can tell. It's um, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know uh, it's great, um, and you know, no matter what the trends are in hip-hop or how things change or whatever... Man, nothing, nothing beats a RZA joint. Nothing beats a Wu Tang yeah. joint. Like I, I st like when I, I've been listening to a lot of old Wu Tang lately. Okay. And and Spotify has a great Wu Tang chat. Like this is Wu Tang, and uh, listen to it when I work out. Mm -hmm. Man, Wu Tang Clan is so good. Man, she's just like you just the, the the way the lyrics are like, and also this the the song Triumph from from their Ooh, second, which is like super long, right? I can like rap almost that entire thing from beginning to end. 
And the, but then, like, you listen to the words, and that was what uh, ninety seven, right? Yeah. Ah, is this ninety seven? Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. And you listen to the lyrics, and it's just like the way it's written, and the way they flow, uh-huh. and the way it's put together. It's like old school kung fu movies. Like we talked about many times on this podcast, that 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 era is gone because you don't have people in in Hong Kong who are trained the way those old kung fu actors were. I also feel that modern hip hop, you mm-hmm. just don't have people like cut from the same cloth of the Wu Tang Clan, yeah. but not not just the the Wu Tang Clan, but even like LL Cool J, like like you even like the more poppy side of rap. Yeah. It's not as good as what used to be pop rap back in the day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it's and another thing they stopped doing was calling out what year the record was being recorded, and and you don't hear that. In, yeah, Sue, twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's right. No, you don't 93 hear that. Ninety three till infinity. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Which not, you would think would date that stuff, yeah. but you go like, damn, they were so good back then, at, uh-huh. you know, at that time, I'm right? Glad they did that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, black sheep, and mm-hmm. like, man, there's so many old, like, just I miss. Old hip. It would be nice to get people who had, who still have that those old hip hop skills. Maybe also do that stuff with like newer, updated beats and sounds, but still with the old skill. Mm-hmm. But man, it's just like kung fu movies. Man, that time is over, man. Yeah, so I'll be li- I'll be listening to Wu Tang until my you dying just had day. Had to be man. there, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Do you remember that the Martin Shkreli thing that happened a couple of years ago? Oh. He was that that that. Investor guy who like yeah. defrauded anyone. And then he bought he bought he, bought he defrauded album. a bunch of people. He bought that Wu Tang album, million dollar album. Yeah, yeah. and then he like he, he bought a uh, the a album. Ph- they didn't even know they recorded. That's right. <laughs> and he bought a pharmaceutical company, uh-huh. and then he started charging yeah. like there was a pill for HIV. Yeah. Like it was like thirteen bucks, Jack and he ass. jacked it to like seven hundred bucks a yeah. pill or something like that. And then just like one of the most hated people or whatever. Well, he eventually went to jail for all that fraud shit or whatever. And the, the word is that. Um, uh, he got his ass beat in jail because, you know, like of all the stuff he did with the Wu-Tang Clan, Surprised. apparently Ghostface Killer knew some people in the joint that he was at and those guys, oh. slapped, those guys slapped the shit out of oh. Martin Shkreli or whatever. Did you see the video that he recorded with the, the guys on the other side when he was like threatening Wu-Tang? Yeah, like, I, I did. Yeah. Come on, Ghostface, you know, you're going to disrespect me. And it just was like... You are just a rich white kid hanging exactly. out. Exactly. Waiting to get your ass yeah. beat. But oh, I was reading asking. something because I was uh, uh, was like going through that old case. And when they had the trial here in New York City, they had a really hard time finding jurors who weren't like biased <laughs> against him. Because, well, first of all, if you ever look at that guy, he just has a punchable want, face. Yeah. Oh, like man. you look at him, he's, he's had that smirk on his yeah. face. You just want to punch him right in his freaking face. I want face. to elbow him. Yeah. You just, if I, that if means that I got to get closer to him. If that person walked into City Wing Chun, having not said anything, I would just elbow them in the face for having that face. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sir. You have a face that needs to be elbowed. All right. And, and it was funny. There's like a, a New York Times article from a few years back where they had so much difficulty getting jurors for that trial. And uh, one of like, you know, many of the jurors, obviously, because they're trying to find unbiased jurors. Uh-huh. You know, one of the jurors said, oh, he's got a punchable face. They and said another, that. Yeah. And of course, that, that juror was dismissed. Wasn't taken. <laughs> and there was another juror that was dismissed. And the reason was because he said, yo, that dude disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> And I just go like, wow. Uh, I, I just that's such a great that's thing. Good. Like, you, a, a, someone was dismissed as a juror for saying yeah. he disrespected the yeah. Wu Tang Clan. That's it. Like, that's you it. don't do that. No, you don't. You absolutely you don't, don't disrespect do that. the Wu. In like the Mount Rushmore of like NYC hip hop. Yeah. 
one of those faces it is like all nine all faces <laughs> of the Wu Tang <laughs> Clan in the cluster, right? Yeah, no, I'd still that's... love to hear that album though. Apparently, he live streamed it when he bought it, and that's the only time it's ever been broadcast. Right, 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 right. Whoa. Yeah, it was only ever one copy ever made. That was the whole point. Well, right, the right. live stream was recorded. What did what did? We... I'm sure you'll probably find bits of it on Reddit, yeah. but you'll also have to see his face. And I'm sure he probably talks over it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, you know sure. I mean? He probably commentates on this thing that he has no business over. Yeah, what a dick. All right. <laughs> so anyway, what you got for me today, Dre? Wow. I almost forgot we have questions today. Yeah, we're yeah, just going to yeah. talk about hip-hop. Yeah. I should make another podcast called The Hip-Hop, hip-hop Genius. Hip-Hop Genius. Yeah. Which would actually be you. No, no, All right? no I, would I be am the, not. I would be the Dre in that episode. <laughs> you would be the Hip-Hop Genius. I'm not. I Wouldn't that be not. funny? Like, that's the topic you know a lot about, and then I'm the dude throwing the, the hip-hop questions? I mean, hey. We should do that's that. What, that's what people the want. Hip-hop you gotta genius, give the people the what HHG. they want. The HHG. I lived through some stuff. Yeah. I got to say. I lived through it. Yeah. And and you have a don't, don't some you, reason you have a I can recall story? some of those yeah. things. Who guru? Yeah, don't you have a guru story? You know about the I guru know story. All your stories. I told you about the guru. Dre, unlike you, the stories oh, you tell me, I retain that shit. God. Yeah, right. I can keep you infinitely entertained because you have about a thirty-minute shelf life to any story I tell you. That's too good. Yeah, that's too being good. generous, according to Mikey it's Dean. Too good. I can keep telling you the same shit I've been telling you for years, but no, man, dude, when you tell me those stories, man, I listen, I remember that stuff. It's how my brain works. All right, so I might as well just tell it because it's 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 part of history. The uh, <laughs> it's part of history. <laughs> We were all out, me and my fellas. Yeah. You know, we were all out, and we we would hang out at... By the way, Guru is the legendary yeah. hip-hop artist for, yes. for the 98% of our podcast listeners yeah. who don't know who yeah. Guru is. Yeah. Gangstar. 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 With DJ Premier, one That's of the illest up. of, like, the... Ever. And then... Uh, Work out to Guru and... Yeah. and- Gang, like just put Gangstar yeah. on playlist and just that's yeah. that's yeah. the stuff Gangstar right there. Awesome. Yeah. So, I uh, we were out at, at the neighborhood pub, uh-huh. you know, in this Upper West Side, uh-huh. you know, and uh, it was called High, the Highland or I can't remember High something, uh-huh. right? High and, AF. Yeah, high as. F- <laughs> so we are there, and uh, there was this little cute uh, bartender. I uh, can't say her name but <laughs> you can't, can't say her name everyone yeah. was smitten over this right awesome bartender right which is you know normal yes a bunch of guys at a bar she's back and forth right pouring right. drinks now, is whatever it, you can't say her name because you're keeping it quiet or because you just can't pronounce it i cannot say it there's there's, there's another story me, there. We're there's, gonna tell that story. Other, We're gonna no. tell that he's gonna tell us that story after the podcast. No, <laughs> I will not. I will not. I would never. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. tragic. All right, uh-huh. tragic. <laughs> he's definitely telling us tragic. the story afterwards. It's tragic. But but uh, anyway, we uh, we end up hanging out that night. Me and this uh, young lady, and we we ended up taking a walk to Central Park, and then we ended up back on the Ave. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and I'm talking about the app, not not the Avenue, but um, I would say uh, Columbus Avenue. Okay, it's actually where we were. Ended uh-huh. up in, on a stoop. Yes, it's like five in the morning where sun sun is. Uh, actually, no, no, not yet. It's still dark. I uh-huh. remember now. Okay, and Guru comes over and asks us a question. Uh-huh. I don't remember exactly what the question was, uh-huh. but 
the randomness of it was enough for me to be like, time out, bro. Like right. he yeah. just comes over out of nowhere. And, right. And and yo, y'all y'all like a quarter. You got like a quarter. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was gonna say like he it, came up to you. He's like, "Have you ever danced with the devil in it, the pale moonlight?" No, no, not that good. All right, okay. But it was just random, blah blah blah, and we answered it, and he left, and I was like, "Wait, time out. Was that the guru? Was right. that like right?" And he asked you a question sharing. like he knew who you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so awesomely strange. That's to awesome, have man. that happen. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. But anyway, what's the first question? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cavern. Captain Cavern. All so right, here we go. It's going to be Captain Crunch. Yeah. Or Captain you, Caveman. You. All right. You remind me of Captain Crunch sometimes. What about Captain Ooh. Caveman? I wish he had Whoa. the hair. The bangs. Whoa. You're right. <laughs> Mike, Mikey Dean. If he Dean. only had the bangs. Mikey Dean's got yeah. some Captain Crunch energy. Yeah. Captain Crunch. <laughs> Holy we cow, I never realized yeah, that. Yeah. Yo, this guy has to be his new hip-hop name, Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch. <laughs> All right. Captain Crunch. <laughs> All right, we're still not to the question. We're 12 minutes into this episode. Hello, Alex. Thank you for your amazing channel. I was wondering, do you think there is a need for another, more definitive Bruce Lee biopic? Maybe directed by an A-list director? And if you think yes... How should it be made? Should they address or suggest the drug stuff and how? Should it be shot in different languages, English, Cantonese? What do you think? That's a great question, man. Wow. Um, yeah, well, most of the Bruce Lee biopics, and that's being generous, let's just say all of them, uh, have their problems. Except all for right. Dragon. Except for Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which is the most perfect Bruce Lee biopic it's ever. It's the best. It's the best, most accurate. Mm -hmm. All right, they got the the demon that was chasing Bruce Lee throughout his entire life. They got that. They nailed that yeah. part. Yeah. Right, because Bruce talked about that all the time. Had <laughs> illustrations in his notes about right. that demon. Right, and in certain photos, if if Bruce is in front of a mirror, you can actually see the demon chilling in the background. So they actually did a really good job on dragging the yeah, Bruce Lee. Yeah, I bet story. he's still chasing him. Yeah, he's still yeah. chasing him somewhere. Right. <laughs> Uh, maybe he'll come after Shannon at some oh, point. Oh yes. So, um, but I digest. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, th that's a difficult question because, um, you know, it, it, uh, this overlaps with a bunch of different things, okay? One, um, being accurate and faithful to the actual story of Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. and then also it has to be able to sell, all mm -hmm. right? If you did an accurate and faithful depiction of any celebrity, it would probably not be the movie that sold. You know what I mean? Because... For the most part, a huge lion's share of what we do in our daily lives is kind of mundane. And the behind-the-scenes stuff is not nearly as exciting as, you know, what the press, uh, you know, what, what your press is about your life. If you looked at, if you follow my Instagram account, at the Kung Fu Genius, yeah. and you look through that, you would assume that literally all I do all day is, like, work out and do Kung Fu and teach Kung Fu, and you'd be right. Yeah. But most people, it's not really that accurate, all right? And, and so... It's a little downtime. In, in a little downtime yeah, yeah, here yeah, and yeah. there, right? Well, no, I mean, to, to be serious, Bruce Lee's real life, uh, for as short as it was, is a really an amazing story. I mm -hmm. mean, someone who, you know, in, in, in the 1940s, uh, you know, 
Chinese but born in America. His father was an actor, goes back to Hong Kong, becomes a child actor. He's a troublemaker, a troubled youth, Mm -hmm. starts learning martial arts, has to leave Hong Kong for whatever reason, comes to the States basically penniless. How was he born in America? Um, His father uh, was traveling. His father was an opera actor. Mm -hmm. And they had a gig in America randomly. No, they were touring. They were doing like a multi-city tour, which included San Francisco, also included New York, and maybe mm. even maybe even Seattle or Los Angeles. I don't know. And they were touring with the with the opera, so the whole the family was there. And and uh, Bruce's father, Lei Hoi Chun, and his mother Grace, they were they were together in the states when she gave birth to Bruce Lee in San Francisco. So that's why he was a that's why he was an American citizen. Uh, um, so they let you travel. I guess they were there for some time in San Fran. Yeah, well, parents. I mean, think about it. This is this is 1940. Yeah. All right. So. So um, no planes, really. No, it's not really. Boat. Not 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 commercial. Straight boat in it. Yeah, straight boat in it. So mm-hmm. so if you're gonna take a boat from Hong Kong okay. to, this, could, to with that with that belly. Well, also if you're gonna take a boat from Hong Kong to New to to the States, you're you're not gonna come back three days later. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You're gonna stay there for a little bit. So yeah. so they were they were on tour. And that's why he was born there. So mm-hmm. that already alone makes it interesting. I mean, basically, he he grew up in Hong Kong. He's he's a Hong Kong Chinese citizen, but because mm-hmm. he grew up there, but he was born in the states, and then he comes back penniless, starts teaching martial arts to some enthusiasts, mm-hmm. has this challenge fight, which kind of changes some of his ideas, gets to be in a TV show, faces all this adversity in Hollywood, goes to Hong Kong, becomes this huge star, seemingly right at the like right at the edge of of world stardom and then dies all mm. right that by itself is an amazing story and every time they try to depict him in a biopic um they and let's say dragon they uh, leave the Bruce Lee story <laughs> well no it's not that i mean look well, if, you're, a part two, if right? you're gonna make a two-hour movie all right movies have to be written in a three-act structure all right that that's just the way it is, you know. If you want an audience to to watch, you have to have that three act structure, and there has to be some resolution at the end, okay. and all that kind of stuff, right? You can tinker around with that formula sometimes, but for the most part, it's kind of it's a basic formula. So you're gonna have to make creative choices. You cannot tell a 32 year story in two hours, okay? So obviously you gotta leave stuff out, you gotta glance over stuff, and you might have to change stuff. So I'm not saying like that a biopic, that it would be possible to be totally faithful in a two-hour biopic to anyone. It would be impossible. Um, It's just not enough time. You would have to gloss over so much stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's not the main issue because that you just have to accept as a given, all right? Unlike the Yip Man franchise, they had four movies to tell Yip Man's accurate story. Oh, yeah. Pinpoint. All right. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's kind of funny. I mean, technically, they made four movies. They could have made something much closer to his real life with all the drama and tribulations and all that stuff that Yip Man went through. But no, it's, it's four completely fantasized stories about <laughs> someone named IP Man, right? Um, with, oh, with, uh, with Bruce Lee, um, so my, my problem with all the biopics is not that you, know, you can't shove everything into a two-hour movie that we understand. The problem is they usually portray Bruce Lee as some variation of the characters he played in his movies. Hmm. So when you look at Dragon the Bruce Lee story, he is, it's supposedly telling his real story with all the adversity and stuff, but he's basically like a kung fu movie hero in his own movie. 
you know, in his own story, so to speak, right? And and when you see that fight scene in the beginning when he's like fighting all those sailors in the state in Hong Kong, which is why he had to leave, it's done in such a cartoony way. It's basically he's just like a kung fu. It's like a kung fu movie character. Okay. And and, and so they they cannot distinguish between Bruce Lee the persona and Bruce Lee the real person, even though they try to humanize him in that movie. It's just he's still kind of so over the top, right? Now, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, in my opinion, it's a good movie. Like, it's an entertaining movie. Hmm. You know, it's it's, it's well-written and, and it's dramatic and it has that amazing score, you know, that, that, that music was later borrowed in other bigger movies, but it came from Dragon the Bruce Lee story initially and it was fantastic. Huh. Um, but if you're a Bruce Lee fan, you're throwing your shoe at the screen for most of the film. By the end of the movie, you have no shoes left. All right, they're all they're all chucked they at the TV, at right? The TV. Um, and and so that's kind of like my rating for films now. All right, it's like, did I throw one of my shoes at the TV or uh-huh. did I throw both? All Damn. right. When I watch Dragon the Bruce Lee story, I throw the shoes I'm wearing and then I start taking shit out of my closet to throw out of the t- at the TV screen, right? So that, that's, Poor that's, TV. that's basically the problem with those things. Now, um, Bruce Lee, my brother, I feel is perhaps the most accurate of all the biopics. Yes. And some people don't like that movie because it's not an action movie. Well, guess what? Bruce Lee's life was not an action movie. <laughs> All right, action life, and and it and my and it does have fight scenes in it, and it does have some action in it. Uh-huh. All right, but it it tells Bruce Lee during his time in Hong Kong before going to the states, and it's really quite accurate about his relationships with other actors, um, because he was a childhood actor and like his friends and even like young unicorn Chan and all that kind of stuff. And it's a little bit more on the dramatic side. And, and they did a good job like depicting what his home looked like growing up. It was the place on Nathan Road, which I showed you, which is a mall now. Yeah. That home, in there, that, that would be the house that would have been there. And it was quite large wow. because Bruce's, you know, although Bruce's father was kind of, you know, you know, Chinese opera actor had some prominence in Hong Kong. But the reason why Bruce's father was able to essentially get them into middle or upper middle class in Hong Kong is because... During the Second World War, during the Japanese occupation, mm-hmm. Hong Kong was in like a, a depression economically. And however, the Japanese liked Cantonese opera for some reason because they considered it a very traditional art form. Oh, right. So the Japanese, when they occupied Japan, would ha- have the Cantonese opera actors entertain them. And so Lei Hoi Chun, his father, was still able to earn a living during the Japanese occupation. And what he did is he bought a couple properties when they cost nothing during that time period. And then after the Japanese left, and then after the Second World War, all of those property values went up. So suddenly he was like kind of a semi-rich landlord, and that's how he actually made his money. And that's why Bruce grew up in a kind of upper-middle-class upbringing, why he he wasn't living in like one of those super tiny-ass Hong Kong apartments. He actually... You know, had had a. I mean, they weren't like crazy rich, but you know, they had servants and they, you know, they had an okay life, right? <laughs> so uh, the dragon, the, the uh, sorry, uh, Bruce Lee, my brother, tells a much better, does a much better job of telling that story. And uh, the CGI they did to make Hong Kong look like Hong Kong from the nineteen fifties, okay, yeah, is like if you compare it to a movie that came out around the same time, which was Yip Man Two. Yip Man Two 
is supposed to also depict Hong Kong in that same time period, more or less, as uh, uh, Bruce Lee, my brother. And when you see Yip Man 2, you can 100% see that this is shot on a soundstage in Shanghai. It, it, you could, and especially if you've been mm. to Hong Kong, even though the Hong Kong of today looks nothing at all like the Hong Kong of the 50s, um, as, as kind of a Hong Kong nerd, when I watch Yip Man 2, I go, uh, this is a movie studio. This is a movie studio. When you see uh, Bruce Lee, my brother, you go, yeah, this, when you see the old photos of Hong Kong in the 50s, yeah. um, it's exact, it, they did such a good job doing that. And the movie uh, didn't really get a lot of press, especially here stateside, because... Oh, I wonder why. Because Shannon Lee killed it, because she had nothing to do with it. And even no, from what I understand, threatened litigation, to, because the movie was written by her aunt and uncle, you know, Bruce Lee's brother and sister, who wrote the story. And Shannon is so litigious. Um, the story is that she's wow. threatened to sue them about make, even daring to write a movie about their brother without her authorization. She was like three years old when her father died. But if you listen to her, you will think she knows everything about her father in a way like as if she was a fully mature adult who spoke Cantonese at the time of her father's death, mm -hmm. which she was neither of those things, all right? She still cannot speak Chinese. So mm -hmm. what she really can understand of even watching her father's early films, I'm not entirely sure. But when I saw her for the Warrior premiere, when they premiered the first episode of The Warrior, she literally on stage said, no one knows my father better than me. And I almost choked on my own saliva when she said that because i know people who know more about her father than she does right and also people who are way more respectful to her father's image right she wants to be the arbiter of all things her father yet will sell bruce lee's likeness to johnny walker you know for that johnny walker oh commercial. i remember that commercial yeah bruce you know yeah some people yeah. say he drank a little bit later but though some other people say he didn't drink but to add insult to injury he freaking spoke mandarin in that commercial <laughs> Okay, so oh, no. when Shannon wants to talk about no. respectful depictions of her father and sells his likeness to Johnny Walker so he could speak Mandarin, which he did not speak in real life to a mainland Chinese audience. I'm sorry. All right. That is the definition of selling out. Meanwhile, there are real fans out there who really know stuff about her father. They have serious projects they want to do. And she's selling B-Water flip-flops on BruceLee.com. I, I mean, stop, okay? So <laughs> anything that has Shannon's stamp of approval on it is automatically going to be a turd burger, all right? <laughs> that, that, that TV series they made in China again, in Mandarin, Ooh. that multi-part TV series. Way which, multi. Way too multi. Yeah, typical... You know, of many Chinese drama, they could be like 25 parts or something like that, right? Which, again, would give you a chance to really tell the story over a number of episodes so you could do it in more detail. Again, tells another, it's another fantasy depiction about Bruce Lee for a mainland Chinese audience that doesn't know anything about the real Bruce Lee. It panders to mainland China. Shannon signed off on that. Meanwhile, her uncle and aunt wanted to write this honest depiction of Bruce Lee during his time in Hong Kong. And if you watch Bruce Lee, my brother... Phoebe and Robert are in the beginning of that film talking about how this is them telling their story. That's a disclaimer because of Shannon. All right. Can you oh, imagine Bruce's flesh and blood? They want to just make a movie and they actually have to put themselves on film at the beginning of the movie saying, hey, this is just our viewpoints of Bruce Lee's story because of 
the, the wicked witch of the West there who's going to try to sue them or whatever, their niece, okay? I mean, it's shameful, all right? So the problem with figuring out how to do these biopics is, is dealing with Shannon and her That's... very disrespectful depiction of her father in many respects. Like, the, since she took over the Lee estate from her mother, she, she, she kind of took over the reins and they got rid of people like John Little, like people who actually gave a shit about Bruce Lee. The stuff that they do, the ESPN documentary, they didn't even have the respect to get good versions of the footage to use in that documentary. They use grainy old crappy. They repurpose the stuff from the, uh, uh, the I think, the old um, Lifetime documentary or, or the, the one with uh, Robert uh, Richard Graves or Robert Graves from way back in the day. Right now, they have like HD versions of a lot of the old footage of Bruce Lee, like at the tournaments and stuff like that. They didn't even use that in the ESPN doc. It's like they did everything on the cheap and uh, they tried to rebrand Bruce Lee in, in it. And, and um, it was just terrible. I mean, there are way better documentaries out there that already exist. And the, the depictions of Bruce Lee in that multi-part Chinese TV series is garbage. And so that's the big problem, right? So if you do something officially with the Lee estate, it's going to be... Bruce Lee, it's, it's going to be awful. And uh, I think the only way you could do something really respectful and accurate and entertaining and improved. Um, would be to do a multi-part TV series. I don't think you can do it in a movie. I think you do a 10-part ser TV series, like on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, each episode is at least an hour. Mm -hmm. And you tell the story throughout his entire life. So, like, to answer the question, you know, when he's a kid, he's in Hong Kong speaking Cantonese, not speaking English to his father, like in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, or speaking English to IP Man, all right? You know, and he's, you get real Chinese actors in Hong Kong, and you depict him as a young Chinese boy in Hong Kong, struggling, starting trouble in Cantonese. Then by episode two, or episode three, however you want to do it. Say episode two. At the end of episode two, he's boarding that boat to go to the States. Episode mm -hmm. three, he's in Seattle or in San Francisco as he first gets there. And he's struggling to improve his English. And he's starting to teach. And you transition it over. So you cannot do it in a biopic. I think you could do it in a 10 or 12-part TV series. And then you just show him, you know, his English is getting better. He's teaching more. He's refining his philosophies, his fight with Wong Jack Man, mm -hmm. how that changed him. And you tell, you do a TV series, but you do it correctly and you do it accurately and with context. And you can also show the darker side of fame because that's also part of the story when he starts getting big and how his life starts to spin out of control and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then he dies at the end, right? I think you could do it. But the problem is... You have the Wicked Witch of the West standing in front of that iron gate, not letting you do anything, right? But um, we got to risk it. I got I got a coupon code for Bruce Lee Be Water flip flops. I can give you. All right. Oh wow. Yeah, that is the Lee Estate now, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. All right. So anyway, what you got next? Oh man. Hey, Kung Fu Genius listeners, if you're looking for an easy way to support this podcast, please consider joining the Kung Fu Genius Patreon. You can support for as little as $5 a month and get access to episodes a few days early. Higher levels of support get additional goodies, exclusive content, and even your name in the description. The baller level of support will give you the opportunity to be a Dre for a day and give me a rest from this guy over here. 
A link for the Kung Fu Genius Patreon page is in the description below. You can also support us by subscribing to the Kung Fu Genius on YouTube, liking this video, and sharing it on your social media platforms. When you subscribe on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell for notifications so you will know as soon as a new episode or a premiere is available for you to watch. For those of us who listen to us on audio, it's a huge help if you don't just rate the podcast, but also write a review wherever you listen to the Kung Fu Genius, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. I really appreciate it. And now back to me. Ayasal2005. That's what's up. Does anyone know if Steve McQueen already studied some martial arts before meeting Bruce? I wonder this because on the Pierre Burton interview, Bruce mentions how tough McQueen was. Mm. Bruce didn't even mention any other students besides McQueen and Coburn. Uh, so with that? That's a great question. I'm not the um, Steve McQueen genius. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I know Dick about Steve McQueen besides some, some stuff about his relationship to Bruce Lee. I did see, I was at Canepa, which is a rare car dealer out on, in the Bay Area where they have like sport cars, like high-end exotics, but also old crazy stuff. Yeah. And they have a car museum there and they one of Steve McQueen's race cars. And, uh, wow. cause he was like big into racing cars. He was like a man's man, you yeah. know? I don't know what his martial arts training was previous to Bruce Lee. The only thing I can say is that uh, when Bruce Lee said that he was kind of a tough guy, you know, like, oh, he had the toughness, that has nothing to do with whether he did martial arts before. I mean, people can be tough without martial arts. There are people who are just naturally tough. They have that Mm -hmm. attitude. So the fact that he said Steve McQueen was tough isn't some kind of euphemism for he has had had previous martial arts experience or Mm -hmm. not. Uh, I did recently, like a couple of weeks ago, I came across a photo of Steve McQueen um, hitting a heavy bag. And when I looked at his face, he looked like he was a little bit younger than the time he would have been with Bruce Lee. So, uh, but again, I could be totally wrong about that. But, you know, maybe he did some boxing or maybe he, you know, practiced hitting a heavy bag before he met Bruce Lee. But I, I really, I really don't know that. Now, as for Bruce Lee only mentioning Steve McQueen or James Coburn in that Pierre Burton interview, well, obviously, um, Bruce had a few celebrity clients. You remember after he lost Green Hornet, basically, he was kind of a celebrity to the stars, which, although it was kind of cool, he didn't really like that because Bruce wanted to be a movie star. So Bruce had other movie star connections and had trained other movie stars, had trained Sharon Tate and mm-hmm. and Roman Polanski. But at the time of the Pierre Burton interview, which I believe is probably after Fist of Fury, but before Way of the Dragon, um, th- they were two of the biggest stars. So that's the reason why he mentions them. I mean, uh, uh-huh. he, he, he probably didn't want to mention Roman Polanski because Roman Polanski was still dealing with the fallout of the murder of Sharon Tate and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably why he didn't say, hey, I told Roman Polanski, like, you know. Because oh, right. you know, Bruce had some, yeah, that was weird for him because he knew Sharon Tate and she was murdered. And he knew mm. Jay Sebring, the hairdresser, and he was murdered. You know, so so that's probably why he didn't bring up the Roman Polanski thing, right? Um, but uh, Steve McQueen, I mean, to be uh, to be fair, I think it was actually Pierre Burton who first mentioned Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen was like the big action star at that time. He was yeah. like the I've jo- never the seen George a Clooney Steve McQueen that. movie. Yeah, you should watch Bullet. Bullet. Yeah, you should watch Bullet. Wait, I Fun almost fact. watched Bullet. Yeah. What? Fun fact, my ex-wife's grandfather was in Bullet. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, you know the guy, he doesn't actually have any dialogue, but he's the driver. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, he's like bald-headed. And it's right, just yeah, like, yeah, like, sure. He's got a big part in it. Right. Just, I think he says two lines, the whole thing. Right. My ex-wife's grandfather. And wow. There's pictures, of all, there's pictures of him all over her apartment, even back when we were married. Wow, wow. In the same spot. 
Okay. Steve McQueen's son was in the first Karate Kid. What? Chad McQueen. Chad McQueen. What yeah. a name. Oh uh, yeah, God. Chad McQueen. Yeah. Like, can you come up with any more, like, so SoCal name? What's your name, bro? Yo, I'm Chad McQueen, bro. All right? I forget his character's name. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy. Do you remember um, during the tournament at the end of the first Karate Kid? All right. Um, where uh, Daniel just a kick. No, D- D- Daniel is in the, the changing room putting on his uniform, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, "What's the matter, mommy? Not here to dress you?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm talking to you, punk." Boom. He's like, "Come on, make a move." That's, That's Chad, Chad McQueen. McQueen. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I forget his name. His name was like I don't know, Bucky, or he had some <laughs> kind of name like a, no Dutch. That was his name, Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Uh, um, but he was like kind of within the Cobra Kai. He was like one of the tougher guys. But he mm-hmm. he didn't want to come back for the Cobra Kai series. I guess he's he's too McQueeny to do that. Oh right? man! Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, but I don't I don't know that. So everything I've said in this answer to this question is everything I know about Steve McQueen. <laughs> like I I don't know anything else. <laughs> That's man. it. Oh man! All right. What else you got? Uh, I right, Butcher Wing One Hundred. Heard Beardy will be on Viking Samurai soon. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, that's a joke. All right, that's, that's not a joke. joke. All right, no. All right, no. Uh, Viking Samurai. Viking Samurai wouldn't joke about that. No, Viking Samurai is dead serious. Man. Yeah. Anyone who talks about Van Dam and Seagal regularly is is Van Dam serious. Damn. All right. Uh, the Viking Samurai. The Viking Samurai channel. I mean, most. Uh, I'm sure you were most, on that. I w- uh, no, I actually have not been oh, on the Viking Oh, you were on the, du- uh, the other guys. Which were the Fat Samurai Fat guys. Samurai. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad, my uh, bad. No, I have not been on Viking Samurai. I- I- I've chatted with him a couple times. We, mm-hmm. we, we, um, he, you know, he's getting people like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's son, and he gets people who are like stuntmen who are in movies who tell like the behind the scenes, like the Seagal LaBelle story and stuff sure. like that. So um, although I... I consider myself a very entertaining storyteller. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't know what Viking Samurai and I would talk about, except fangirl about blood sport and kickboxer, oh, <laughs> like something. for an hour. So, yeah, it's something. But yeah, I, I have, I have talked to him a few times. You've on, been to on every location of that movie. Yeah, I can tell him something about like yeah. you, you know the the uh, the. Um, Kowloon Walled City, like where the tournament supposedly yeah. was and stuff like that. But uh, he's already had Bay Logan on there, who knows way more about that kind of shit than I do. Um, mm. So, um, but if 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 there is a way for me, like if there is a topic for Viking Samurai and I, Samurai and I to talk about, yeah, uh, then because uh, I've been chatting with him a couple times on the gram, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we're like, yeah, like people keep because he told me like people keep recommending that I go on there. People recommend that he yeah. does something here. So yeah, at some point, I think as as this podcast continues to grow, okay, uh, I think I see more collabs coming down the pipe. Same thing with uh, Golden Bell Training. I was just chatting with him today. He was giving me some some great tips because he's like killing it on YouTube. I'm killing it on the gram. <laughs> Those two guys are killing it yeah. on YouTube. We got to like combine like yeah. Voltron to get this thing to work, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, as a, yeah, it would be funny. Well, I mean, first of all, Beardy is, uh, and as somebody actually corrected me. I thought, you know, I kind of hear something Finnish, perhaps something Scandinavian in Beardy's accent. And someone told like me, my accent. Yeah, exactly like your accent. And someone told me, no, he actually thinks uh, Beardy is Dutch. And then I started thinking Dutch about Dutch from it. Karate Kid 1? No. 
Yeah, it's Beardy is Chad McQueen. That's <laughs> Yo, what, that's crazy. That's, that's how Chad McQueen's been earning money. He has a super monetized, <laughs> fake-ass Bruce Lee channel where he just makes shit up about Bruce Lee, all right? And it. he calls himself Beardy, and he posts photos of other people saying yeah. that that's him having trained, oh, you know, 12 man, hours a day. Chad. Really? Uh, yeah, now we yeah, know. Go. We figured it out. This is our internet sleuthing at its finest Detective. right here. So, uh, yeah, um, no, not uh, uh, not quite. Not that um, Dutch. No, uh, from Holland. And I listened <laughs> to it again, and I think that um, I think it might be right for sure. Beardy is European, some type of European. All right, mm. um, but the gag is the only times he's ever showed himself were in you know those headless photos of him training like Bruce Lee, of which we did reverse Google image searches on and found out that these were actually photos of fitness trainers, uh, two different fitness trainers. And not to mention, you can also tell the difference in the nipples, which we talked about there anyway. So, so the, you know, the, the whole thing about like, you know, Beardy doesn't even show himself in his videos. And he has a fake real name, Bernard McAllister, and a fake bio that he was an IFC champion. And I scoured SureDog.com and found yeah. no IFC that has anyone named Bernard McAllister. So the, the gag is that the dude is just not real. He'll never show himself because he's obviously a fraud. He, he's just a disembodied voice making shit up about Bruce Lee. So, But it would be very funny if Beardy went on the Viking Samurai channel. We actually saw this guy, right? Wow. So anyway, what else you got? Ah. Uh. Culture Kai, I think Beardy would knock you clean out. <laughs> what? Love, Wait, love, this is I not love, a question. I know. These are trolling comments. These are trolls. Are yeah. It's what? funny because I talk shit about, like, who the hell listens to Beardy? Yeah. Like, who goes, like, oh, that's an interesting take about this story that, oh, Taki Kimura insulted Bruce Lee, and that's why Bruce Lee beat him up yeah. blindfolded. That has nothing to do with that was part of the demonstration. Like... <laughs> Beardy is not even good at making up Bruce Lee stuff, right? But there are some people out there who are like, Ooh. and I think there's some people out there who actually believe that those photos of him in that training video yeah. are actually him. Yeah. Or that he is actually some MMA guy, right? Yeah, well, do. here's the thing. I would love for the chance for Beardy to knock me clean out because I would love to actually see what he looks yeah. like in person. Yeah, that would be special. So Beardy, if you're out there, 1024 6th Avenue, New York, New York. It's right in Midtown. It's very easy to get to. Yeah. You can go to Grand Central. You can go to Penn Station. You, you can go to Port Authority. Get off at of Times Square. Get off at Herald Square. Yeah. doesn't matter where you are. You can get here super easily. Easy. If you want to actually come and knock me clean out, 1024 6th Avenue. I'm usually here every Saturday. You don't need to make an appointment yeah. because you're freaking beardy. Just show up. All right? Actually, no, send us an email because sometimes I'm not in town. It would be very disappointing if uh, you came in here and yeah, I wasn't in town. Yeah, that would suck. Just let us know. I will make sure I am here uh -huh. at the time you come here, and I'll give you the chance to knock me clean out. But here's the funny thing. Yeah. All right? Even if Beardy, all right, was a strong dude, a good fighter, yeah. and could knock the KFG clean, clean out. out. It doesn't mean one fucking thing he says is correct. <laughs> so so here, here's the thing oh, that people no. don't understand. It's like, yo, Beardy yeah. could knock you clean out. It's like, yo, first of all, he's not a real dude. Yeah. He's a disembodied voice and uh -huh. a fake story, all right? Yeah. Second, if he knocked me clean out, that, that doesn't, doesn't prove anything. That doesn't mean that him thinking <laughs> Dan Santo is a guy named Grandmaster Baxter is now suddenly correct. Wow. The idea that 
if someone can beat someone else up, yeah. their opinion is now correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, so that's what I always like to yeah. go deeper. It's like, okay, fine. Let's say this hypothetical, this Dreisen hypothetical of Beardy wow. showing up Dreisen and he knocks me clean again. out. In that alternate universe where this coward actually shows his face, because he'll never show his face, yeah. knocks me out. Does that now validate the fact that Dan Inosanto is Grandmaster Baxter? Or that when he does a demonstration and throws him, that that was him giving an inch punch to some tempo Grandmaster? Mm-hmm. Or that Taki Kimura insulted his own Sifu, and that's why Bruce beat him up blindfolded mm-hmm. in in at a tournament? Wow. I mean, like... Like, it literally doesn't matter. Beardy could wipe the floor with me. And he's and still a f***ing liar. <laughs> All right? This whole section gave me severe Iron Man 3 vibes. Really? Iron yeah, because you were three. doing the whole Tony Stark thing where he talks to the Mandarin in the camera and then throws the camera away. That's oh. what's up. Yes. Wow. By the way, a couple times when I've been to Hong Kong, People ask me if I was Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. So one time I was getting a foot massage, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the guy um, who's massaging my feet kept looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> like and kept uh, looking up at you like strange like. Yeah, and then he he said to me in Cantonese. If if I was Iron Man, but I didn't know in Cantonese, I didn't know what Iron Man was in Cantonese. Uh-huh. So so he kept asking me if I was this like, and I'm like I don't know what that is. So I had to look it up, and I looked it was Iron Man, and then I looked, and at that time my beard was a little bit more trim, like, uh, and I was like, oh, I said yes. <laughs> That's lit. Yeah, I, I studied the real Wing Chun. That's right. <laughs> did yes. he uh, did he want take a photo with you at least? No. No, no, no. He yeah. took a photo with my feet. It was oh, kind of weird. Yeah, weird. He's like, yeah. yeah. And then he put it, then, feet. then he put it on the wall. Yeah. All right, Iron yeah. Man's feet. Not Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man's feet. Yeah. All right. Cool. What else you got? For, what else you got for me? Next up, uh, Dryzen. Wow, that's a bit early. What do you mean it is early? early? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's the episode about For, forty. We're like forty minutes into the episode. It's already a Dryzen. He yeah. says, uh, "Yo, bro, I'll totally blow your chest out with the ninja punch." <laughs> Dryson managed to make it sound saucy, not violent. <laughs> yeah, what first of all, it's not a hypothetical. He was on a roll of asking good questions, and now he's back yeah, to he... talking shit. Yeah. Well, the the theory that mm-hmm. Beardy and Dryson are in fact the same person, I think, I think is starting to hold more and more water by the week. You think so? I think so too. I think it's like that would be weird. I think he knows that if he kind of wrote that stuff, means by we his saw own Beardy. Account, yeah. So Beardy looks like you with hair. (laughs) Really terrible hair. And you slapped him so easily. You know, now I'm not worried at all about Beardy knocking me clean out. Yeah. That guy, you pulled that hand back, all right, from Southern California. Yeah. You went over the Yucatan Peninsula, past (laughs) Texas, past Florida. It traveled past Pennsylvania zones. Landed in Toronto. And he just stood there. He did take it like a champ. He did. All right. Just like Kinda. Chris, it, yeah, no, he. But was I sti- slapped no, him so sti- hard, his shirt changed. That's right. You if slapped you him so that. hard, yeah. he started wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's known in the industry as a continuity error. If you guys, if you guys go to at the Kung Fu Genius on Instagram, it's already now uh, 
quite a few weeks old yes, and yes. look at Dre slapping Dreyson. Yeah. You will notice that after Dreyson gets slapped by Dre, he goes from wearing a a, a black long sleeve shirt suddenly having a blue sweatshirt yeah. on. Yeah. And then there was someone in the audience who was shocked who was also wearing the same blue sweatshirt. <laughs> that was the good. That was a dude right yeah, there. Yeah, it's crazy. That crazy. was a dude. Yeah. All right. All right Next so up, go. we got Mike Shang. Mike Shang in the house. Bruce Lee versus Chen Singh. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Hmm. So, uh, and what uh, Mike Sheng is uh, referring to here is yeah. um, from our last episode, which, or not our last episode, a couple episodes ago, the, the last live episode that we did. Oh. Um, I talked about that in the original uh, treatments for Way of the Dragon, Bruce Lee did not have the idea of having uh, either Chuck Norris or Bob Wall uh, in the final fight scene. Um, also, by the way, a lot of people didn't know about that live episode. The number of people sent me messages. They're like, oh, how come there was no episode that week? Um, ep- episode 66, I believe what? it is, right? Yeah. Um, because for some reason, when you do a live stream, uh, YouTube does a really poor job of promoting it as a regular video afterwards. Like when I post one of wow. these regular episodes, people will see it and people can find it. For some reason, the live streams get, after they go live, they get kind of buried in there. But if you guys go um, in, in for our listeners here on YouTube, we have a uh, Kung Fu Genius podcast year two because we're in our second year mm-hmm. playlist where we put all of these episodes there. So for some reason, the YouTube is not recommending the videos or you subscribed and, and you're still not getting notifications. You can you can uh, go to the playlist. You can get notifications off the playlist, and you can see all the episodes there. So, Jeez so Louise. basically, every fourth episode we do a live stream now. Yeah, and that live stream episode counts as a regular episode, but sometimes it just gets buried in the algorithm and not shown. So, um, anyway, so just for Bastards. people who don't know, but anyway, for that last live stream, I talked about that in the original treatment, um, Bruce Lee did not have the idea to have either Chuck Norris or Bob Wall as the final <laughs> villains, but wanted to have a a quote-unquote Japanese karate guy, but played by a Chinese actor, and uh, have another uh, either another Japanese fighter, also played by a Chinese actor, Lam Chengying, all right, mm-hmm. from Prodigal Son fame, right? Um, and uh, I, I, I cannot divulge how I know that, all right? I can just tell you that there is no greater source than the source I got that from, all right? <laughs> so I can tell you ah, with... Love it. There are very few things I can say this about. But I can tell you with 150% confidence. Certainty, wow. And certainty that Bruce Lee wanted uh, Chen Seng and Lam Ching to be the two baddies of Way of the Dragon originally. And now that uh, obviously was changed to Chuck Norris and then Bob Wall was in there. And then <laughs> they had, they had Wong, uh, Wong In-sik play uh, another Japanese fighter, which is funny because he's actually Korean. Um, so that stuff was changed out. Now, who actually changed that and why, whether at the last moment they decided, okay, well, Bruce Lee beats some, you know, there was some somebody in the comments who said, oh, well, by putting Chuck Norris in there, this was helpful in him getting back into Hollywood because he beat up a Westerner. But I, I have a feeling that a lot of this stuff, these are narratives that are decided after the fact. Like, oh, obviously Bruce wanted to fight these Caucasians because that allowed him to get back into the America, into the Hollywood mm-hmm. game. That's possible, but how are you going to substantiate that claim? I don't like it's it's stuff that sounds nice, but it doesn't mean that it's true. But it could be true. I don't know. But I can tell you with 150% certainty that in the original treatment of 
Way the Dragon. It was not Chuck Norris and it was not Bob Wall, which means that it was also not Joe Lewis first and then Joe Lewis got switched over to... It was... Uh, the Hong Kong actor Chan Sing, who just passed away about one to two years ago. Joe Lewis, the boxer? No, Gao Cho. Yamo Gao Cho. All right. Joe, Lu- Joe Lewis, the salty American, the oh, late oh, oh, salty American Lewis. kickboxer. Oh, all right. Too and bad karate he has the champion, same right? name as other. Yeah, but not spelled the same. You're right. All right. I know. Uh, so. Uh, Joe Louise. <laughs> Joe Louise. Uh, but. Uh, no, he so Chan Sing was kind of a stoutly built Chinese actor. He did a bunch like a of Lo Ming. Yeah, and and uh, was a kung fu star in his own right. I didn't even know he was on Bruce's radar, but Bruce basically wanted him to be the baddie there and have Lam Ching Ying, uh, who was also he, he was very close friends with at that time, be the second uh, mm. the second bad guy, probably a combination between Bob Wall and Wong in six character in Way of the Dragon that was supposed to be Lam Ching Ying. And the main baddie uh, was supposed to be uh, Chan Sing. And from what I can tell, I cannot reveal my source. What? Uh, I don't think the Coliseum was actually the where they were going to have that final fight. So they def- definitely did have... Damn. They definitely did... They pulled a lot of shit out of their ass. Yeah, but I mean, they did second. a good job. I mean, I like how they did it or whatever. But in the initial iteration of it, mm-hmm. which I have on the best authority, all right? Um, you, you, it was, you got it. It was Chan Sing. You gotta right. tell me who this is. It was Chen Seng. Uh, you know who it is. All Can right? you imagine Bruce and Lo Meng in the movie together? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Fire. Yeah, yeah. No, it would have been great. I mean, like... As, t- as a team. I, I, think, I think what... Um, the cool thought experiment about stuff like this is also, like, had Bruce Lee lived... Mm. Um, think of all the, and, and let's say Bruce Lee did not get too much into directing. Let's say Bruce decided he still wanted to be a Kung Fu actor for, let's just give it 10 years until 1982, Woo. 1983. So you think about all the other actors in Hong Kong who were big at that time. Now, mind you, he also could have come, come, come to the States and then the thought experiment would be, well, what American actors would he be teamed up with? But that, that's not the thought experiment I want to do right now because that's a lot less interesting. All right. Uh. Uh, and we already talked about Bruce Lee with Charles Bronson and, and, and you know, maybe Clint Eastwood, all that kind of stuff. But let's just say Bruce had stayed in Hong Kong in some bizarro world, Dreisen hypothetical, and continue to make big banger Hong Kong movies in uh, um, in that kung fu style, all right, for the next 10 years. Yeah. What would be the cool team-ups? And assuming there are no restrictions about studios, like... Obviously, the Venoms guys, of which I'm wearing the shirt today. Oh yes, they were tied by contract to Shaw Brothers. But let's pretend none of those, none of those shackles exist. All right, because Bruce Lee, having not died, would let's say have caused the ripple that changed the entire Hong Kong film industry, and there were more studios and less of these kind of Shaw-like yeah. contracts. Okay, uh, can you imagine a film with um, Bruce Lee and Gordon Liu? Oh, that's right, right, because they're from the same studio. Well, no, no, they're not. Uh, Gordon Gordon Liu's Shaw Brothers, and I'm saying we're taking we're taking all studio restrictions away, right? Out of the equation, Um, and and you know there there are a lot of people talking about like Bruce Lee never really made a kung fu movie, right? He he almost because when we mean by kung fu movie, we mean a a a film that focused on either a specific style or really used kung fu shapes. Mm -hmm. When you look at Bruce Lee's choreography in Big Boss. Yeah, you have kicks and spins and stuff, but you have like big John Wayne punches. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing like specific kung fu stuff. And even when you see Bruce Lee fight, for example, in Way of the Dragon, he's still using his kicks and his boxing and his punches. The only time he does kung fu is when he demonstrates a form. Uh-huh. Like he'll go there and he'll he'll you know before he fights the Italian dudes, he 
he throws up some shapes, mm-hmm. and then he just beats that guy's ass with a punch or well, a kick. Well, Big right? Boss, there is a kung fu shape in that movie when he uh, <laughs> he does that thing in the, in the, the, the cutout. In the wall oh, of the okay. barn. Oh, okay. I that, thought you were going to talk about like the naked tie girl or no, something. No, 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 no. That's another. They was busting shapes. <laughs> busting mad shapes. <laughs> shapes. Yeah, so and I mean, sizes. and even like Fist of Fury. I mean, when you actually look at the fights, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, um, I'm, I mean, Bruce knew what looked good, but I'm, and I'm not saying this to be insulting at all, but it was like, it's generic kicking, straight kick, round kick, side kick, spin kick, John Wayne punches. A cup in Fist of Fury, a couple little phrases of Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun and some boxing like stuff. But, you know, he wasn't really doing like Kung Fu per se, even in Fist of Fury, which is supposed to be held at the Jingwu Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Way the Dragon, certainly not. Enter the Dragon, you know, besides him busting some shapes in his room, he's not really using those shapes when he's fighting, right? But can you imagine Bruce Lee in like a, although it would be very much not what he was into, but can you imagine just like one? Bruce Lee film where he's busting kung fu shapes with Gordon Liu. Can you imagine that? But with Bruce Lee's power and grace, right? A film with him, Bruce Lee and Gordon Liu, directed by Lau Kalo. I mean, like, I, I, wa- I, want, wow. I want to go to the alternative, like, Doctor Strange dimension where I can see mm. that universe, right? Yeah. Can you imagine more Bruce, you know, Bruce fought Sammo Hung in the beginning of Enter the Dragon. Can you imagine a Bruce Lee Sammo Hung team up? Hmm. Especially knowing how good Sammo Hung is at imitating Bruce Lee's fighting style. Can you imagine? Wow. You have the Hong Kong version of the movie Twins. Interesting. Like Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, and <laughs> wow. it's Bruce Lee and Sammo Hung. This All right, and they both fight exactly the same, yeah. but like you got the heavy set one, and then the the one that takes care of his body is yeah. like like there's so many potential. Oh, Obviously, man. Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, wow. um, uh, Bruce Lee and Lo Mong, uh, teaming up with all these different directors, and then think about Bruce Lee getting older. Imagine Bruce Lee in an in a Wong Kar Wai directed film, like the guy who directed Grandmaster. Like imagine Bruce Lee in that kind of much more artistic style, modern, like in something like the Grandmaster, but with Bruce Lee. Hmm. All right. Um, imagine, yeah, that those kind of films, like what what that would be like. Imagine him in in a kind of more wuxia, mohap kind of you know sword flying. Even though that wasn't his really really his thing, but you just like the way Bruce Lee would have done it. He would have yeah. tried to make it new. He would have made it different. You know, I think. Uh, I think it would have been amazing. There could be a way to do it through animation, though. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the same. It's not him. No. It's not him. His brilliance is gone. Damn it, damn. And uh, we're just talking about it years later like a bunch of saliva drooling idiots. (laughs) So anyway, what else you got? Oh, man. Wally. Mm. Wally. mm. Don't know anything. Stop talking shh. Ooh. <laughs> Man. These are trolls. Like, yeah, you're putting left. in all the trolls today, right? Yeah, What's up with that? Yeah, Troll we, episode. We, we get a bunch of trolls in the comments, Stop right? Stop talking shh. People get upset when I say stuff or whatever. But you know, the funny thing is they, they do it in such a non-manly way, all right? First of all, a fake a YouTube handle without a photo. It's like, look, we have lots of anonymous people out there or people who don't use their names, but they mm-hmm. have normal comments and, you know, they contribute to the KFG of podcast. Course. But I have a feeling that there should be a rule. If you're going to talk ish, 
if you're going to be aggressive and violent in the comments, like, oh, I'm going to beat your ass and stuff like that, yeah, you should use your name and your real face. Otherwise, you're just a bitch. Because, oh. I mean, come on. Like, like you, you look at something that you don't like yeah. and you get so, you get your panties in such a twist. Yeah, I don't like this. You should stop talking. As if I'm going to read the comment and go, yo, man, Wally mm, in the comments of YouTube told me I should stop talking ish. I think I'm going to stop my podcast now because of this guy. All right. And if you got something to say, yeah. 1024 Sixth Avenue on Saturday, just Come show through. up and say to my face, you know what? You can sit in Dre's chair. Yeah. All right. If you don't like something I say or you think you know more, sit in Dre's chair and challenge me. All right. Yeah. Like Charlie Murphy, you know, talking about Prince. Challenge him. All right. <laughs> you want to challenge the Kung Fu genius? Ah, Come ah. here. We'll put you in Dre's chair. You can match me on anything you want. I'm Love happy it. to be corrected live. Love What's it. up? Yeah, I got a gift for you. Look, this is this is the uh, the weapon of choice of all these people. Ah, the weapon of choice oh, for all these people. Uh, it's keyboard a keyboard. Warrior. All right. Keyboard warriors, the lot of you. Yeah. yeah. So Wally, mm, if you want me to stop talking ish. Come to the Kung Fu Genius Podcast and make me. That's All an right. open invite. <laughs> what we got? What we got next? Truth serum. Mm. You seem like a very talented martial man. Not really. Why don't you get off the Bruce Lee hang up oh. and show the readers your skills? God, what's up with the trolls today? I mean, geez, Bruce Lee is getting so overdone on YouTube. Mm. Poor thing. Poor is thing. he getting overdone on YouTube? Okay, so we, we the first year we did the Kung Fu Genius podcast, we right. didn't know what would stick. That's mm. why when, when you when you look We're at just throwing when, shit on when the you wall. look at year one, all right? <laughs> Until we figured out that the easiest podcast we can do is just answer questions, because then we don't have to write shit. Yeah. The first few episodes I'm like, okay, I gotta like what what are we gonna do? And I was like racking my brain like to figure out because I have so much to talk about, but it's like but it's like going There's... to a restaurant with a big big menu. You don't yeah. know where to start, right? Right. Uh, and then, you know, we did the ninja episode, we did this we thing, did we did, we did Fight stuff. Quest, we did, you know, and we saw the stuff that stuck, some controversial stuff like mm -hmm. the Fight Quest episode, people like that stuff. New York stories, people like that stuff. And the AMAs generally were kind of all round kind of winners. Um, and, uh, but we started to notice something in particular, that any episode that referenced Bruce Lee automatically did better than the ones that did not. Automatically okay? too. So yeah. the thing is that, I don't earn a living doing the Kung Fu Genius podcast, okay. all right? But I still would like more than three people to listen to the Kung Fu Genius podcast. <laughs> yeah. So until the main talking point changes. Now, look, we do AMAs, mm -hmm. Ask Me Anything episodes. Some episodes, I will admit, are very Bruce Lee heavy. Okay. 70% of the questions are Bruce Lee, all right? And I and guess this is my fault because I put the questions. That's in. okay. All right. But well, the you're also are... asking what people are writing on there, yeah, right? So, so the thing I... is, we're literally answering what people are asking. Right. So if people are asking me lots of stuff about Bruce Lee. Yeah, I don't make up the questions. Well, guess what? That's what I'm going to talk about. All yeah. right. And the other thing is that in many episodes, even though Bruce Lee might appear in the thumbnail mm -hmm. and it might appear that that's the topic, sometimes that's just the first question. You know, it's about Bruce Lee. And some of the other questions are about Wing Chun and training and about this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. But if you don't listen to the whole episode and you just go by my thumbnail, yeah, you would think that I'm only talking about Bruce Lee. Even when it's not true, I'm just mostly talking about Bruce right. Lee. Um, but or the Mikey truth, Dean. But the truth is we are, we are responding to what the audience wants, all right? People are not asking about Leung Seung. All right. Or Leung Tang that much. People mm. are asking about Bruce Lee. All right. And so 
uh, like it's always funny. Like, like he's I I know this commenter. He's he's uh, I call him a fifty fiftier. He's like half positive, half talks shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, but again, another guy who doesn't go by his real name. I think he recently changed his name. He used to not be Truth, truth Serum. He used to be Peter, but maybe he was afraid uh, we'd figure out who he was or something like that, right? So, um, and, and like, I get it. I mean, he's actually being complimentary to the podcast, which is great, all right? But then it's still, like... People cannot resist like being complimentary and then still giving you that backhand compliment <laughs> in there. Like, <laughs> what do you say? I have a Bruce Lee hang up. Okay. Do I have a Bruce Lee hang up? You uh. you spend more time with you spend more time with me than many people here at the school. When we hang out and we talk kung fu, all right? Okay. We don't we don't talk about Bruce Lee. We actually don't talk about Bruce Lee no. that much. I talk about Wing Chun. I talk about this. I talk about boxing. We talk about fighting. We talk about stuff in Hong Kong or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, and if Bruce Lee comes up, Bruce Lee comes up. Right. But to say that I have a Bruce Lee hang-up, I mean, I'm definitely influenced by Bruce Lee. But guess what? The Bruce Lee stuff sells. Mm -hmm. All right? And I'll put Bruce Lee on my thumbnail, even if 90% of the episode I'm not talking about Bruce Lee, just for the first 10%. All right? Although it's usually much more than that. Mm. But the thing is that it's not a hang-up. We're just responding to what the audience wants, right? And then he says he wants me to show the techniques. Dude, that's that's what I get paid to do, all right? Uh, uh, the worst thing I can do, in, uh, and I've talked uh, about this before, is start to try to teach Wing Chun. First of all, there's a podcast where half of our audience listens to this on audio. Yeah. So for me to go like, all right, let's discuss, let me show you how Bong Sao works, all right? When half of the this is a podcast, a pod, a podcast is more or less an audio format media, all right? It's just that we also film it while we do the talking bit and throw that on YouTube so that people can watch like us talk about it, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like a bonus candy thing, but they like get to see our but, but we are mostly spaces. we are mostly uh mostly on audio. So from like so uh, to, how am I going to teach and show movements on an audio podcast? Second of all, that's what I get paid to do, yeah. all right? This I just do because I like having conversations about Kung Fu and Bruce Lee and martial arts and Wing Chun and all that kind of stuff. Um, but people come to 1024 Sixth Avenue to learn martial arts from me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. And um, everyone's like, we show you techniques. Why? All right? The people who come to this school know what I can do. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people who watch this podcast are, just want to be entertained. They're not going to see me show Bong Sao and they go, I'm going to fly to New York and learn from this guy right now. Yeah. So Wing Chun teaches us to be efficient. And it's not an efficient use of my time to teach Wing Chun on a podcast, first of all, for the hope that someone is then going to somehow come to New York to learn from me because they saw, they like how I teach Bong Sao, right? It's not worth the stress of going, well, my school, we do the Bong Sao. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I literally don't care. Oh, all right. So I'm not, I'm not going to like, it doesn't make any sense. All right. If you, if you want to learn from me, no one is stopping you. All right. Plus I also teach online, online through zoom. You can go to cdwt.com. If you want to do private lessons with me virtually, we do all that stuff. All the links for all that stuff are, are in the description below. I've had a few people in the comments, someone, someone in the YouTube comments goes, yo, what style do you teach? All right, which I'm like, if you watch one full podcast and you don't know what I teach, <laughs> uh, it's possible. There could be uh, an episode where I don't explain it. You teach but Bruce it, Lee style. But if you just scroll down into the description, yeah, all right, yeah. uh, all then, uh, you know, you might see something. So anyway, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm always blown away by how people use or not use the internet still. Because I consider myself a total idiot. But if I watched a podcast and I didn't know what style the guy taught, I would like one look at the description and two just put that dude's name into Google. Okay. And okay. then you'd be like, oh, okay. Instead of like asking like Googleable information, I always find it's a little kind of rude. But anyway, 
What do you got? Lazy. Um, let me. Uh, I guess the trolling is is done. Okay. Are you upset about that? Right. A fun little segment. Um, we have a real question uh, from JP Steve's hand hand Who's Tito? Who's Tito? Oh, because I always say, uh, "Calm down, Tito." Calm down, Tito. Calm down, Tito. Yeah. Uh, well, it's usually Tito Jackson because he's the least talented of the Jackson Five. All right, but but I didn't think he would say it. But yeah, it but. could also be Tito Ortiz, who's kind of a meathead. Okay, all right? Tito be. Ortiz. There, there are funny videos online of like Tito Ortiz, uh-huh. uh, like saying stuff that makes no sense like he'll just kind of ramble they, on they, and say, but they yeah. went there yeah so they, they, they oh, cause wow, he's, they like fl- when he does press conferences for fights yeah. he will like always put his foot in his mouth <laughs> and say stuff that, like in <laughs> his head it. sounded cool but didn't sound cool these. when it I came out see. the origin of calm down tito mm. um is that um actually it comes from one of my students uh he was rushing in the subway and uh, uh, it's funny. I told the story so many times. I don't know this I, uh, story. It was a very old story. I, I had told the story so many times. At one point, I thought it had happened to me directly. But then I thought, I was like, no, 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 no. Actually, my student Zach told me this story. Yeah. My student Zach, who's an actor, he told me many years ago uh-huh. uh, when he was training with me in, in New York, he was rushing to class. Yeah. Uh, because he was late. And he's rushing in the New York subway at, uh, you know, rush hour. And while he's rushing... He's like he 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 tries to avoid bumping into this guy, and the guy looks at him and says, "Hey, calm down, Tito," <laughs> <laughs> and or slow down, Tito, or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. And he said like he was just like so <laughs> it just kind of caught him that some yeah. dude called him Tito, <laughs> and then he told me that, and I thought it was the funniest the thing. Best. And then ever since then, I use it whenever like someone is kind of being obnoxious. It was like, "Hey, uh-huh. calm down, Tito," uh-huh. because it's one of those things that if you say to someone, people don't know how to respond. Right. He's like, "What?" Like, like whenever you tell someone something that they have to think about, like, wait, was that an insult? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that and, mean? And by the time they're kind of chewing all that fat you're in gone. their head, you're already gone. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Like, I live for those kind of moments, right? And I think that, you know, when someone's being weird Ooh. or whatever, you say, hey, hey, calm down, Tito, and you keep walking. <laughs> that's one of those things, right? So it's not Tito Puente. No. If, it was. No, if it was Tito Puente, that would be a compliment. Calm down, Tito Puente. All right. It's like he playing the drums real fast. But yeah, he's one of my Cuban boys. Come on, that's Tito Puente. All right. Like, hey, okay. calm down, Tito. You We're not talking about good. that Tito. Not that Tito. We're talking about the worst of the Titos. Oh, okay. Tito okay. Jackson and uh, Tito Ortiz. Probably. I think uh, right. Tito Puente is the same birthday as me. Oh, really? Yeah. Four twenty. Oh, yeah. That's easy birthday to remember. Yeah, yeah. All right. So it looks like we got probably time for a no, couple you're more. Lying. Couple more. All right. How in the heck? All right. <laughs> Right. Let's go. Sifu Cuddle. Oh, our good friend, Bro- Sifu Brian Cuddle from the Choi Le Fat style. Yay. Yo, KFG and the crew. That's what's up. I have a Bruce Lee. You, hey, wait. Hey, how, a Choi, Just... even a Choi Le Fat guy is asking a yeah. Bruce Lee question. So, yo, to uh, Truth Serum out there. Hey, 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 take it easy. Uh, Calm down, Tito. Yeah. <laughs> this is proof. All right, Bruce. I have a Bruce Lee slash you slash martial arts question. Ooh, lots of slashes. Mm-hmm. I love it. He's I love it. Slashing. slashing shit left and right like crazy Eddies. Yeah, word. Uh, and, right. and, 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 and Andrew, feel free to... Oh, can you give it Andrew more work now? Add, add some are you literally... Slash are you telling Andrew effects. how to edit this episode? No, no, but it would be cool. Give direction. That, you know... Andrew is already overworked as it is. He has his own channel. 
He does our stuff. Sometimes I throw other stuff for him to do. And now you're literally on the episode telling him how to, epi- how, how to edit the episode? I'm just asking because it says Man. Bruce Lee slash you martial arts question. What a dick. Yeah, what, what a dick. What a dick. I'm just, I'm, hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. You can't use it on me. You can't use it. Yo, yo, yo. Did you see this? Did you see this? That was called a mental bong cell, okay? What? You threw that shit at me. I uh, I sent my hand forward. I absorbed. I moved out of the way, and I let that thing slide to the side, all right? Careful. That's going to be a mental bridge built. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Happen. Yeah, I can still kick you under this desk. It's all right, right. Your foot's <laughs> yeah, right here. I know my foot's right there. It's ready to go. Hey. All right, all right. There's the Bruce Lee quote. Before I learned the art, a punch was just a punch, and a kick just a kick. After I learned the art, a punch was no longer a punch, a kick no longer a kick. Now that I understand the art, a punch. Is just a punch, and a kick is just a kick. Yes. I love that quote. This seems to be a common cycle for martial artists, especially in TCMA. Mm -hmm. Traditional Chinese martial arts. Because I know you didn't know what that was. I did not know. (laughs) I can tell by how I've known you for so long. I can tell by looking at you when you're reading something and you don't. I just know. (laughs) You don't don't know what TCMA is, all right? With all the mystique and fanfare... When they see beyond the fancy names and philosophies and get a more grounded perspective of the art, do you recall the moment of clarity when a punch was just a punch again? Mm. Mm -hmm. You guys are always a great listen, and I look forward to the next episode. Awesome. I'm also looking forward to the next episode. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh... No, no, that's great. That's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, And I also have the sneaking suspicion that Bruce Lee read that quote. It's probably, he's probably not really the originator of it. It's Mm. probably something from Zen or something from some Asian philosophy that he was reading. Mm -hmm. And he just changed it to a punch and kick, but it could be something else, right? But this is kind of the cycle of competency when you're learning something okay so when when you when you don't know something you have like you are unconsciously incompetent all right meaning like you don't you don't even know that you don't know mm-hmm. all right so when you were a kid before you learned any martial arts someone say hey punch that guy you would just punch or you wouldn't think about the the, the way you do it the timing mm-hmm. the type of punch how you land where you land you mm-hmm. would just punch all right. Hey, kick, you know, kick that dude. You just go in and kick. You wouldn't think about how are you supposed to chamber your leg, the timing, the distance, right? Yeah. So to a certain degree, before you learn something, there's a freedom. All right. Because you are not bound by the dogma of a style or by the way of doing it or following the Wing Chun way of kicking or the Jeet Kune Do way of kicking mm-hmm. or whatever. A kid would just punch or kick. So that's like a punch is just a punch. A kick is just a kick. Cause Total you don't freedom. Know, right. Total freedom. Yeah. Right. And but you're also to a certain degree unaware that you don't know yeah all right this is the unconscious unconscious incompetence right and then you start learning 
how to punch and kick properly. So you go to a martial arts class or a boxing class or kickboxing, whatever your chosen style is, and you learn, okay, actually, you shouldn't just punch the way you've been punching. You should put your hands here by your chin or put your hands forward in a Wing Chun Zhong or in the JKD, whatever it is. And then the punch should travel in this path to the target. You should land with these knuckles. This is how you generate power. This is the distance of timing. This is how you do it in sparring. And now you got to learn all of this stuff Mm. to get good at it, all right? And now you have conscious incompetence, all right? Now you're aware that you don't know because there's so much you need to learn. So you're going like, okay, and my elbow needs to land in this position. And to a certain degree, you lose the naturalness you had before you even knew how to punch or kick. Mm-hmm. All right. So before you, you know, your kid, like, Hey, you, if, if your friend, if your boy told you, Hey, go punch. Like, you just go, Psh, you'd punch like, and you might even do okay. Yeah. And then it's almost like you start learning and you're almost like now so worried about doing it wrong. You're almost less effective than before you knew how to punch or kick. Right. Cause now you're worried about your stance. You're worried about your posture, your timing, your distance, how you breathe or don't breathe or whatever. Right. But then when you start mastering that skill, it now becomes something like uh, uh, that's integrated in your nervous system, in your mm-hmm. motor, motor skill memory or you, whatever, however you want to define it. And then you have, uh, so you have unconscious competence because now you can just do it. All right. And uh, it's natural. So when, when you're sparring and, you know, your Sifu says, hey, step in and punch, you just step in and punch. Or kick that person or throw your hand this way. You just do it because now you understand it. So to a certain degree, by really training uh, anything, and of course, this analogy could go for any motor skill. It's not, yeah. it's not limited to fighting, right? Mm-hmm. It, could, it could be anything else. By the time you really can do something well, uh, you then kind of re- you return to that same naturalness you had like when you were a kid just throwing punches and kicks without thinking about it, right? Because now you do it with good technique and you do it with good timing and precision and with, you know, uh, there there's an idea behind how you do it, but it's so ingrained it's now natural, right? And that's what we're trying to do. And when you see a lot of the discourse in martial arts, yeah, it's not how it should be done, yeah, this, or oh, the bong cell should be like this. What you're seeing is you see a lot of people who are fighting we're in that second stage. All right? So most of the comments, should be like this or whatever, these are people who are still at that second stage. Man. All right? It's like you, you, you're oh, not at the man. point yet where you can just do it in a way where it's it's so natural that you, you're still futzing on details because you're unsure and you are triggered by people having different details than you. No, the Wing Chun punch should be executed this way. No, the Wing Chun punch should be like this. And you're triggered because someone is saying it should be done differently. And you have confidence issues about someone contradicting what you're learning from your Sifu. And then that makes you feel like you need to lash out because you're a second stage bitch. That's what it is. All right. Okay. You should either be a first stage bitch who is natural and doesn't care and fires punches and kicks without thinking. Yeah. Or the third stage bitch. Who? Who's, don't know they don't know no they the third stage they they they're natural they do everything oh, they right. put yeah. all in all the time right okay yeah, yeah. the problem is y'all bunch of second stage bishes all right okay <laughs> arguing about the angle of the pinky ring knuckle because you're not sure yet because you think that that's the thing that makes the difference and not the hard training uh. all right because the truth of the matter is someone who's trained really seriously hmm can apply an inferior style more effectively 
than someone who has not trained as seriously but learned a superior style. Mm. Because ultimately, it comes down to the person who's doing it. So someone might have mistakes in their Wing Chun, according to how you do it. But they trained it like such an intense maniac. They'll beat your ass. All right? Because you are a second stage bish. All right? Okay? It's okay to be a it's okay to be a second stage bish. We're all and in certain skills, I'm still a second stage bish. I'm a second stage bish. Totally, right? I have to say, even in my knife techniques, in my bacham though, I'm still a second uh, second stage bish. I'm still I can teach it and uh-huh. I know how to do it, but I'm I'm no third stage bish in my knife stuff. Got all right, it. okay, for sure not. All okay. right, um, not if I if if I were were on the battlefield and really had to fight with the yeah. bacham though, uh, I'm I'm gonna get cut up. I'm I'm not quite there yet. All right, I mean I probably <laughs> nick a cut. I'll, I'll probably survive, but I may yeah. be missing digits or missing <laughs> half an arm or something <laughs> oh, like that. Right? Okay, um, but uh, I would venture to guess most other Wing Chun sifus yeah. are also. I'm like the same. that in driving too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But think driving. Is a perfect analogy, right? Mm. Especially if you're um, a real man who knows how to drive manual, mm-hmm. um, and yes. not and yes, thank you. Of course, you you uh, you got your driver's license in the UK, right? No, I actually got my driver's license here. Oh, I learned wow. to drive in the UK. oh, oh, you learned so you had to yeah. uh, learn manual, right? Yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. You, most of Europe. You have to learn, I think, on manual. Yeah, huh. because the thing they is, put, they put a special thing on your license if if you only drive automatic, like yeah. like like you have like a red hat over your photo, <laughs> like loser. <laughs> it says it's got a big L on it because you only can drive automatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, it's also more expensive to learn automatic. That's true. That's, that's true. Do, My dad told me that he did his license in Germany. You know, obviously, way back in the day. Huh. Yeah. Um, I don't even think they had manual transmissions back then. But I, I know that if you cannot drive stick. I think on your driver's license, they, they put a funny red hat on you with a big L on the top for loser. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Even in German, all right, it's L for loser. It's universal. Oh, all right, yeah. L for loser or D for disabled. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, learning how to drive manual, mm-hmm. all right, like a man, is, uh, <laughs> is, is the perfect kind of three-stage thing about like the punch being just a punch, kick being mm-hmm. just a kick. Uh, because when you're a kid, and, you know, you're in the car and someone's driving man. You're like, oh, they're just driving. You're not thinking yeah. about all the things that are going on. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's just how the car works. Yeah. Then you start learning how to drive manual. I know you have to depress the clutch and put it into first gear and then uh-huh. slowly release the cl- clutch while you put the gas on. Make sure that it hooks at the right bit. And then you go then and learning how to shift. And then you uh-huh. got to learn how to downshift. And then you got to learn, you know, how to, to properly manage shifting in actual real world driving. Right. And there it's like their shifting is not just shifting and driving is not just driving because you have to watch out for traffic and shift this car, right? But then once you're able to do it, yeah. all right, you can be sipping Starbucks, talking on the phone, arm hanging out, shifting, driving the streets of San Francisco up and down and not even thinking twice. And that's when you reach that level of, yeah, shifting is just shifting. Yeah. Like when you were a kid watching someone else do it, right? So you have this kind of, this three-act structure with competency and pretty much any kind of skill. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. Like this episode. Share this episode. And if you have questions for a future Ask Me Anything, go ahead and put them in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Word.
is, I'm a kung fu genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seagung, and I produce masters. You surpassed us, your kung fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor. Alright peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube. Lots of gems, lots of trolling and patrolling. No, no. Lots of scrolling and lots patrolling and trolling. Lots of fighting beardy in NYC. Oh. Yeah. In 67 episodes, Dre's gotten the intro correct on I think two or three of them. Only a first take Jake on, you know, <laughs> on a blue moon. 200 take Tom. <laughs> all right, peoples. On today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube. Lots of gems. Lots of fighting beardy in NYC. And lots of, ew, KFG. You gotta stop. Talking all that yish and Jesus, do Jesus. what I say. God, it's so slow and laborious. Those, yeah. That's what I say. God, it was just do what I say. Slow, slow. Yeah. Ah, these allergies, man. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. This is how you. This how you get over your allergies. Excuses. Yeah, he's gonna be. He started to turn into uh, the the excuse genius. Yeah. <laughs> 